What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brandon Janu Show. As you know, I am Brandon Janu. And like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, I am Brandon Janu Show on those. So if you go listen to the recordings, man, I appreciate it, man, on all podcast platforms. You just hit an audio. Um, you can also rate, review. I think some of them you can even subscribe to the podcast. I think, uh, you know, comment, do your thing on there, man, also. Um, Brand new channel YouTube channel as well. Uh, subscribe on uh, the YouTube channel. Brand new show. Shout out to everybody that has subscribed. Shout out to everybody that has been commenting. I will comment back. I will even like your comment, man. Uh, so yeah, definitely that. Um, and also, if you want to just follow me on social media too, Brand new show. Uh, that's usually just reserved for just me. Just you know, you know clips and you know stuff like that it's not really anything i do crazy on there but just clip some crazy shit i find on instagram or whatever and i just repost it so on instagram so on instagram brand your new show tiktok brand your new show uh yeah i'm trying to get back more active on tiktok so yeah bear with me um but let's get into it tonight tonight is wrestling life and i'm doing a top 10 list now of course could technically talk about what's going on in wrestling right now, but I want to wait until I, you know, it's, it's completely simmered down. Um, I got a, I'm going to Monday Night Raw, July 31st. This episode will already be out by then. <laughs> but um, my next time I will talk about, well, modern day wrestling, I pretty much will say, well, nah, uh, I want to perfectly give it a chance to like, uh, you know, a couple, you know, I want I want to properly talk about it. Um, I'm definitely getting to it, but I don't want to talk about it right now. So, um, the next time is going to definitely be uh wrestling life, uh, SummerSlam rating review show that is coming up next. Oh well, not really, because I will be doing um NXT. So I will be talking about the NXT pay review that's coming up. I think it's a uh, bad. Great American Bash, I think it's the next one. So that is coming. That is definitely coming. That'll be my next rating review show, and then after that, will be the SummerSlam. So let's get into it. Uh, but tonight, I'm going nostalgic. Well, kind of not, because it's just a top ten list. But it is my top ten wrestlers ever list. I love a. I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid. I mean, I'm 29 years old, so. Wrestling has been like my shit since I was a kid. Um, there's so many wrestlers that have come in my life, and I've I've loved, and I've yeah, I've loved, and just thought the, the world of. So these are my top ten. You know, I love a lot of wrestlers, man. A lot of a lot of people that have come, but these are my top ten wrestlers of all time. And if you know how to do a top ten list, I start from ten. Right my way up to number one. Um, so let's get it. <laughs> let's get it. All right. Starting off at number 10, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Let's get the controversy out the fucking way. Let's get the controversy out the way. Um, this, this, this wrestler is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. It is Chris Benoit. He is at number 10 on my list. Now, to be a fan of Chris Benoit, you literally have to... This is literally... The you gotta you gotta separate the art from the person. It is literally that being a fan of Chris Benoit's work as an as a wrestler. It is literally the definition of separating the art from the person. I mean, the way he ended his life, I will never respect him for that as a person, as a human being. I can never respect how he ended his life and his family's life, his wife and his kids' life. That is some of the most gruesome, fucked up shit 
in the world. I am when I heard that shit, I remember it was literally a story every fucking day for like three shit, not even three months, fuck, like six, eight months. It was like a story every day. It got more fucked up. It got more toxic. It got more just wrapped up in some, like, what the fuck was wrong with him? And I know people are going to, when this episode comes out, they're going to be like, really? Chris been wild on your top 10 list? Because, again, to put him on a list like this, it is literally, can you separate the art from the person? For me, yes, I can. Chris Benoit is one of the greatest wrestlers of all fucking time. Even though the world of wrestling has tried to wipe his memory away, the man is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. From his work in WCW, to when he finally got to WWE with the Radicals, even in some of his work in ECW, the man can go from bell to bell. Now listen, I love Eddie Guerrero, but Chris Benoit is always, Chris Benoit was always one of my favorites. And every time him and Eddie got in the ring, they made magic. But Chris was just different. The way the man could just give you 20 minutes of a match and just you just be like yeah it makes sense the fact that the man could go in the ring with the likes of Kurt Angle and have a fucking classic every time the triple threat match at Wrestlemania 20 with him Triple H to Shawn Michaels fuck the backlash match with Triple H Shawn Michaels and him fuck the man was just different he was different. He was different. He can literally go out there and just clash and have one of the best wrestling matches on the fucking card. You knew when it was Chris Benoit versus someone, the fucking match was probably going to be the best match of the fucking show. It is that. He was the definition of the fucking workhorse. The man could just get in the ring and fucking Go. It is not that fucking hard to debate that. The man is one of the best wrestlers to ever fucking do it. Again, human being, fuck him. Wrestler? Fuck. Dude was a fucking goat. Could go when the bell rung and there was no fucking doubt that that match was going to be the fucking match of the night. When they did the the, 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 the SmackDown 6 and him, Kurt Angle would team up and go up against Edge and Ray or, you know, Eddie and Chavo, it would always be a match. It would always be something. Him and Ray have had classics. Him and Edge had classics. Him and Triple H. There was when he finally got a little bit of that early, you know, love in WWE when he first kind of broke off from the Radicals, and they put him against The Rock and Stone Cold. You can tell the man could just go. He was one of those guys, man. I always felt like he should have got a push in WCW, but of course WCW at that time was just stupid, and they didn't know how to push a person like him. He is one of my favorites. I I literally could remember the night. I went to the Royal Rumble 2001 for my seventh birthday in New Orleans, and I remember watching him and Chris Jericho in that in that ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. I remember I was so hyped to see that match. That was one of my favorite matches of all time when I was a kid. It still holds a huge. That was my first wrestling event I ever went to in my life. On my birthday, and to see Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Tear the fucking house down with a ladder match. You couldn't tell me nothing. The man is on my list because of what he did do in the ring. Now, outside of it, 
I have nothing to say about it. I cannot speak on it outside of what we know of it. And that is the man was a coward for killing his family and himself the way he did. As a performer, like Paul Hammond said, as a performer, one of the greatest to ever do it. But as a human being, fuck him. And number nine on my list. So, let me, let me say this. I had so many fucking wrestlers. I had to wait. I had to work and do this and do that. I scratched some people off, put some people off, reverse some things, did this, did that. So, at number nine, so what happened was I had one person at this number, and then I moved him down because I was just like, nah, I can't take him off the list, like, 100%. Um... So I'm moving down. A lot of people will probably say, how the fuck is he on your list over the likes of somebody else? But he's on my list. And number nine is the king of kings himself, the game, the cerebral assassin, Triple H. Yeah, I get it. How the fuck is Triple H on your list? I get it. Listen, this is not bias because he's now well, supposedly the creative <laughs> of, of WWE. It's not biased, but what it is is do you know how good Triple H was in the ring? Do you? Do you? I mean, after Shawn Michaels broke his back and left, what he did with DX, that was a better iteration of DX. Like, even when him and Shawn came back in 06, I'll, I still will say that, that, that 1998, 2000 DX is probably the best DX. Especially 98. When they ball, when they were faces, when they added New Age Outlaws, X-Pac came back. China was still there. Man, that DX was different. <laughs> that DX was different. Um, one of my favorite DXs. Um, and Triple H was one of my favorite wrestlers at that time frame. Um, I don't have that much hate for Triple H like a lot of people do. I get why you probably do. Because he pretty much held a lot of people down and, and got to where he was. But... At the end of the day, the people he held down, can we actually say they would have made any difference if they would have gotten a shot? Maybe Booger T. I mean, I was I was I was pushing for Booger T in WrestleMania nineteen, like everybody was, but Booker got his chance and he turned into King Booker. All right then. So listen, Triple H has had some rivalries that yeah, it didn't live up to what it was because politics and the way he probably moved. But Triple H is one of the best to ever do it. I don't think people really get that man his proper respect um, because of those reasons. The man literally created it was in the Generation X, created it with Shawn Michaels, took it, became even hotter. One of my favorite wrestling – he has literally probably three, four, five of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. Yeah. Like three is at least five. I can literally do a top ten list of Triple H matches that I can literally tell y'all about. Like he has at least ten matches in his career that I could be like, I could pinpoint, be like, this match was great. This match is great. This match, this match might be a little bit better than that one. He is that guy. He's pumped out some classics, man. Um, his match with The Rock in 1998 at SummerSlam, one of the greatest ladder matches. When I was a kid, still to this day, I still hold that like a high re regard. I've seen great ladder matches since then, but I still like I will go back to that SummerSlam MSG before both of them really hit like the the mountain of of success. Triple H beating The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam. Then literally a couple months later, The Rock wins the WWF. Uh, uh, title, yeah. So 
Yeah, man. Triple H is one of those guys, man. That 2000 run of Triple H when he became the game. Oh, man. You couldn't tell me shit about that dude, man. Like, his his fucking rivalry with Mick, Mick Foley at that time. Hell, even his Armageddon match with Vince. Like, shit, he might have been the only person ever to have a good match for Vince McMahon I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> he might be the only person that actually had a good match with Vince McMahon. That Armageddon 1999 match with him and Vince was fucking incredible. Um, of course, like I said, the 2000 rivalry with him and Mick Foley is those two matches are like the two greatest matches I've ever seen in a time span between two rivals. And literally in month, like in a month stretch, they had a literally classic battle between the two of them in that match. Like the Royal Rumble match is like, Cinema. You can go watch that match, and you would love every single spot that them two men had in that match. And then you watch the No Way Out match in the Hell in a Cell. It don't get its proper respect for what it was. I think that was literally the third, might have been the third, maybe fourth Hell in a Cell match ever. Excuse me. At that time frame. Yeah, because WrestleMania 15. Yeah. The WrestleMania of 15, 16 was the third undertaking the boss man. So by the time they got to um yeah, WrestleMania 15 was the third Hell in a Cell match, Undertaker Boss Man. But when they got to the Undertaker ver- Triple H versus Mick Foley, that was the, I think the fourth Hell in a Cell match ever. And no way out. That match is a classic. Like if you go watch that shit, you would be like, yo, this shit is good. That match is amazing. Um, Triple H has some classics, man. His late rivalry with The Undertaker from WrestleMania 27 to 28. Y'all know how much I love the WrestleMania 27 match. Thought it was one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. If you don't know, go listen to the old, I did a top 10 list of WrestleMania matches, my favorite WrestleMania matches ever. But then they came in like at number three on the list. The man has had some classics. Even when him and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 33, yeah, that match was incredible. Yeah, the man could go, man. And I, I think a lot of people don't really give it a, his proper context. And now that he's actually physically retired, I, I think a lot of people will give him more respect and go back and look at a lot of his matches and be like, wow, he really did have some great classic matches. Him and Shawn Michaels, the Royal Rumble match that they had, the last man standing match at 2004 uh, Royal Rumble. Bruh, that shit is a crap. That shit was a classic. Yeah, man. Yeah. 2002, Shawn Michaels and him and at SummerSlam. Psh, classic. Triple H got some classics, man. Like, he got some fucking classics. So, yeah, man. Triple H is number nine on my list for, for top ten wrestlers of all time for me personally. Coming in at number eight is the rated R superstar Edge. He's one of those names, man. Edge is one of those guys that I, I was just talking about when I was kind of like debating things and putting things in perspective. Edge just has some classics, too. I actually go back now and look at a lot of Edge matches. He actually was really good. Like, now the older statesman getting close to retirement his way. Now his on his terms. Um. Yeah. Even if, when you go back and now look at his rated R superstar gimmick when he first really took off with it, you didn't know what it was going to be, but he made that character fit and he made that shit work. Became the ultimate opportunist. Like, he made that character work. Um, became one of the top heels in the company. And now. He's more respected than ever. You know what I'm saying? Coming back from a literally career-ending neck surgery. And now he's become the older statesman. And still pumping out good matches. I mean, go watch his match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Fuck that. Go watch his match with Seth Rollins at one of the, the Saudi pay-per-views. They had in the sale match. That shit was fucking amazing. Like, go watch those matches. Go watch those matches and you will immediately say, wow, what the fuck is this? His match with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 37 was like 
fuck, this shit is good. He's still one of those guys. He can still go in the ring. Hell, last Friday night when he was fighting Grayson Waller, like, he can go in the ring still. That's a different type of dude. And then you go back and watch his matches with Edge when he was with Christian, and it was against the Hardys and the Douglings. The man has always had one of those moments in those matches that you can still pinpoint and be like, yep. <laughs> like, like, it, it, I understand now why Vince McMahon was so high on Edge. I get it. He's still one of the best in the ring. He can still go in on my list. He's number eight. Coming in at number seven, the great one, The Rock. I remember The Rock, man. The Rock. I think people now, outside of the movies he made, <laughs> we go back and now watch a lot of The Rock. The man was Really fucking good in the ring. Like, incredible in the ring. We don't give him his proper respect because we greatly respect the promos he gives. His promos are legend fucking dairy. Fucking iconic. I could go watch The Rock's YouTube. I go on YouTube, watch Rock promos. Every fucking day I see literally on social media a Rock promo that he just roasting motherfuckers. But when you actually watch him in the ring, he was fucking good. Like, he was actually really better than people want to give him credit for. The man was sell like nobody's business. You don't believe me. How many fucking compilations you've seen in your life already of The Rock just taking stunners and fucking overselling the bitches? Yeah. I remember, like, literally WrestleMania 17, this thing got stunned, and Stone Cold really actually was laughing. He started smiling at the fact that he took the stunner. So cool, smiling. Why you trying to grab him and pin him? He was so funny as shit. He was like the funniest shit. But if you actually watched The Rock in the ring, the man was fucking incredible. Get your 1999 Raw Rumble with him and Mick Foley. Shit, I remember the fucking empty arena match for the Super Bowl of 1999. Yeah, the empty arena match. They they fought. It was it was. Sunday Night Heat, Super Bowl edition. It was just this one match for the world, for the WWE Championship. It was him and Mick Foley. They had an empty arena match and a fucking fight during the halftime of the Super Bowl of 1999. Yep, I remember this shit. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. I think because it was my fucking birthday. And we had a party. I was turning five that day. And I was like, I got to go watch The Rock versus Mankind. <laughs> I left my own party to go watch The Rock versus Mankind on fucking TV in my room. Because nobody else wanted to watch it because it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> I fucking remember that. That's crazy. I literally remember that. I think I had a Bernie cake. Yeah, I had a Bernie cake for my fifth birthday. But I remember leaving the fucking, leaving the room and going in my room and just watching his matches. I was like, I am not missing this match. His robbery with Stone Cold is always going to be touted as one of the greatest robberies of all time. But I even raise up the bar and tell you that he's had better robberies than Stone Cold. Him and Triple H is a good fucking robbery. People don't give it his proper respect. Him and Hunter had a, him and Triple H had a crazy great robbery from the time when they were beefing over the Intercontinental Championship to when DX was going against the Nation of Domination and they were the two leaders when, you know, when Triple H finally formed with um, Vince and they created the the McMahon-Hamsley regime and it was the Rock they were trying to stop from getting the title all the time. They always had a good robbery, like amazing fucking robbery. I mean, everybody knows the clip that comes out now every fucking other week where the Rock, the Triple H is standing in the ring and the Rock is trying to address Brock Lesnar. And the Rock is like, and Triple H is like, hey, who, who the hell you think you are? <laughs> he like, movie star, who do you think you are? And, and the Rock turns and says, who, who am I? Who's the Rock? The Rock is the guy that'll get in the ring, tie Louis up his shoes and get in the ring and whoop your ass. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh, you don't know the great, the great one, the Rock, Bubba Bull. 
WWE Undisputed Champion. And the Rock is something that you're not. WWE Undisputed Champion. So shut up, bitch. <laughs> that shit was like, damn. <laughs> it was like, no, that shit is amazing. The man on the mic was incredible, but the man with the promos and the and the ability to go. The Rock is another one that got extremely over thanks to Mick Foley as a champion. I know a lot of people say it was Stone Cold, but it was really Mick Foley that got The Rock over as the WWE champion before he fought Stone Cold at WrestleMania, just like he did Triple H. The Rock is one of the greatest ever do it. When he came back and fought John Cena at WrestleMania, it literally was like watching your favorite wrestler when you were a kid versus your favorite wrestler when you became a teenager. It's like, what the fuck do I, who do I support here? Like, you're like, who the fuck do I support here? And they had to feel that way when kids were watching The Rock versus Hogan 10 years before that, where it was like at WrestleMania 18, when you saw Hogan versus The Rock for the first time, and you're like, man, I grew up on Hulk Hogan, but fuck, The Rock is my guy now, so who do I support? And it kind of is that thing. I feel like, you know, and that's crazy to think is it was fucking literally 10 years apart from Hogan versus Rock when John Cena and The Rock fought each other. That's fucking crazy. 10 years of fucking part. That's crazy. But, yeah, man, um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of The Rock, of what he's done after the wrestling, but the man as the great one, the probable, the people's champ, he will always be one of the greatest to ever do it. And, uh, yeah, he's number seven on my list, man. Coming in at number six. The Apex Predator, Randy Keith Orton. He just missed the top five. But for me to not put Randy Orton on his list is fucking criminal. This man is one of the greatest to ever do it. I don't know if he's coming back to wrestling, to be honest with you. If he does, I will be so happy. But at the same time, looking at this man's career over 20 years, he truly was paid to be the guy, and he has become the guy. There was a story that came out just recently where somebody said uh, they had to stop Vince from naming Randy the face of the WWE with Batista. They, they, a lot of people thought, you know, because Vince wanted Randy Orton to be the face with Batista and not John Cena. And I can understand why you would want that. But when Batista left the company, it was kind of obvious Randy Orton and John Cena were the two guys now that was going to run his company. And boy, did Randy Orton run with the ball. People held Randy to a certain regard when he was younger because of, you know, all the shit he was given early. But I think when he became, I think when he fully became the guy, and I say about 20, uh, shit, in the last couple of years, when he's finally became like the locker room leader, he's become the guy. Well, Randy Orton's been one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, his WrestleMania match with Undertaker and, you know, WrestleMania 21, which is the beginning of really when the streak became the streak. Um, because nobody was talking about it. I mean, JR at WrestleMania would reference it, but he would never, re- they would never really build a program around the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak until the legend killer, Randy Orton, came into the picture. He made the streak a fucking thing with WrestleMania 21 that match. So, yeah, their rivalry in 2005 was one of the best rivalries ever. Um, a young Randy Orton versus an Undertaker that kind of needed to get that young youth back in him. It was a good fucking rivalry. I it, the SummerSlam match was cool. The No Mercy match should have never happened. I'm gonna be honest with you. But that Armageddon match, the Hell in a Cell Armageddon, one of the best Hell in a Cell matches of all time. Randy Orton has had a lot of rivalries. Him and Triple H have been in robberies together, John Cena and him, I remember him and Shawn Michaels having a little bit of a robbery, but Randy Orton's best robbery to me 
is and always will be Edge. Edge and him work. They, I don't know what it is. They fucking work. A lot of people don't like the WrestleMania match that them two had. But if that was in a, a crowd, like if they, were, if they had a real crowd, bro, I think that match would have been amazing to see. A last man standing match between him and Randy Orton with a fat actual crowd. Oh my god, that shit would have been amazing. Um, but I will say they made it up to a lot of fans when they had the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash. That shit was incredible. That was a fucking match. And maybe because they did have fans in that one, but that match was fucking amazing, man. That was one of the best matches. They really did have one of the best matches of all time. Like it was, it was fucking amazing. If Edge doesn't tear his shoulder, yeah, yeah. Randy Orton's been one of the best, man. His last couple of years, he's even showed him shown why he is the Viper, why he is the Apex Predator, and why he's one of the greatest to ever do it. For him to take under uh, a Matt Riddle under his wing and pretty much train him and pretty much. Make him into a superstar is kind of interesting. It's kind of crazy to think of it. Randy Orton is going to go. But maybe Matt Riddle reminds Randy of who he was when he was younger. I don't fucking know. But I liked RK, bro. I thought it was actually a really good team. I always, If Cody Rhodes wins the titles at WrestleMania 40, I would not mind seeing him and Randy fight one last time. Because I remember when Cody won the IC championship and Randy was World Heavyweight Champion. They had a rivalry then, but Cody just wasn't ready for that. Now that Cody would be the man and Randy is a little older, to have that be Randy's one of Randy's one last rivalries would be Cody Rhodes, which he literally helped this kid get to where he is, to now the man that we see today with Cody. It would be dope as fuck. That literally would be placed off of legacy. It really would be placed off a of legacy because then it would be the legacy of those two and what they have gone through throughout their career. So I think it'd be dope. Randy Orton, though, is number six on my list because he's one of the greatest to ever do it. I don't think anybody could really sit here and debate that shit. The man is literally a walking fucking internet meme. Every time the man, you open up, you open up the fucking phone, go to RKO. He is literally RKO on every fucking thing under the sun. <laughs> the man has some of the greatest fucking moments in WWE history and his move is still one of the most dominating fucking moves ever. I don't I think they they took it from Matt Riddle which I don't understand, but I do understand and I don't understand. But when he comes back, that is going to be one of the best fucking pops I think we've ever heard and ever seen. So yeah, Randy Orton is definitely number 6 on my list. He just missed the top 5, but hey, He's on the list, man. Speaking of top five, coming in at number five is the dead man, The Undertaker. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the fucking Undertaker. I was terrified of the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm not even going to sit in and lie to y'all. I was terrified of the motherfucking Undertaker. But it worked. <laughs> it damn sure worked. Um, people can say whatever they want to say about the Undertaker, man. For him to have a career that has expanded 30 fucking years, and that's just WWE. He was wrestling before then. To have the career he's had to impact so many careers that he had and the craziest part is some of his greatest matches didn't happen to after he hit a certain age like late into his career some of his greatest matches didn't hit like I said for the number six entry Randy Orton we didn't talk about the street like the street wasn't a thing until WrestleMania 21 then it became a thing every other year and in WrestleMania 23 when he fought Batista and it was for the World Heavyweight Championship. You got to put that shit into perspective. The fact that he beat, he won the Royal Rumble that year. He's the first person to win a Royal Rumble from the number 30 position. People don't even talk about that shit. He's the first wrestler 
to win the Royal Rumble from the 30th position. The second was John Cena the year after. So it tells you right then and there, like, this dude is different. <laughs> like, The Undertaker is one of those dudes, man. Batista at WrestleMania 23, classic. Him and Edge at WrestleMania 24, amazing. But that four-year stretch of him, shit, I even say five. Because I even put the, I know everybody talking about the trilogy, the, 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 the WrestleMania, Undertaker versus DX, tri- uh, four matches. But I even say WrestleMania 29 when he fought CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. Like that five-year, that five-year stretch of WrestleMania matches is why The Undertaker is held as so highly regarded. WrestleMania 25 uh, between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels is literally the greatest wrestling match I think I've ever seen in my life. Between two men that have been, that's up there with age, but also just two men that just know how to motherfucking make a match work. That shit is crazy, man. That is probably the greatest WrestleMania match I've ever seen. The greatest match I've ever seen. I can tell why the crowd was pretty much out of it by the time they got to the main event. I'm sorry, Triple H and Randy Orton, because I can understand that shit. I can understand it. Probably being in that, that crowd that night, I would have left after that. I would have been like, whew. I'm good. <laughs> I would have got my shit and left. Whew. I'm good. That was the greatest match I've ever seen. Nigga, like, that. I was here. I was there. And to say that if somebody was there to see that, I would have left right then and there. I would have got the fuck out of NLG and left the fucking building. I was like, man, fuck that main event. I just saw the best match of the night. I don't need to see the main event. And then WrestleMania 26 with him and Sean. Classic. WrestleMania 27 with him and Triple H, though? Fucking phenomenal. Incredible fucking match. WrestleMania 28 with him and Hunter? Him and Triple H? Great. Great fucking match. Him and CM Punk at WrestleMania 29? Bruh. Fucking amazing. We can even go back to 06. No Way Out. Him and Kurt Angle. For the World Heavyweight Championship match. That is probably the most technically sound match I've ever seen. Where neither man got the better of them, like of each other. Neither man got the better of each other. Kurt got his moments. Undertaker got his moments. I would advise people to go watch that match. I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure. Excuse me. But that match is probably one of the greatest championship matches I've ever seen. Because Kurt Angle at that time was just unfucking touchable. That was the wrestling machine, Kurt Angle. And the Undertaker was the motherfucking dead man. And he was unmotherfucking touchable at that time. I I would have not had mind if the Undertaker would have lost his WrestleMania streak then. Because if Kurt Angle would have won that title, kept that title after that, I would have been like, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just saw one of the best matches. That makes sense. I can go back and watch a lot of Undertaker matches and still remember where I was when I first saw him. WrestleMania 18 with him and Ric Flair. One of the best matches ever. Um, Him and Triple H at WrestleMania 17. A lot of people forget they actually fought at WrestleMania 17. That was the first time they ever fought at a WrestleMania. That shit was actually really good. Undertaker and Kane. A lot of people say they don't really have a lot of great matches together. I beg to fucking differ. WrestleMania 14, uh, when they fought for the first time, was a classic to me. Um, you get rid of the whole 2010. That shit was trash. That shit was god <laughs> That shit was bad, man. Um... <laughs> He made Brock Lesnar. And then that's something that, again, people don't understand. He kind of made Brock Lesnar. He lost to Brock Lesnar like three straight pay-per-views. When Brock Lesnar first got the WWE title, he lost to him like three straight pay-per-views. That Hell in a Cell match that they had at um, 
No Mercy in 2002. Oh, I love that fucking match. That match was incredible. That match was fucking amazing. Undertaker is one of the greatest to ever do it, man. I don't think people really get that man's proper respect. His last match between him and AJ Styles is still highly regarded as one of the best matches I've ever seen in the last couple of years. It's 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 that guy. He's that guy. He was always that guy. He will always be that guy, no matter what. Coming in at number four. Mr. Hustle, loyalty, and respect. John Cena. Alright, I know I'm going to get some hate for this shit, so it is what it is. John Cena is one of the best to ever do it. I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. I get it. You'll sit there and say, he got all the opportunities from everybody else. He took all the opportunities. The same shit you just said about, you can say about Triple H. But again, when he saw potential, he lost to that person. CM Punk. Daniel Bryan. What? RVD. He's actually lost to more Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. He's lost to more people than y'all give him credit for and put on more people than y'all give him credit for. Same thing with like The Undertaker. He's lost to more people than you give him credit for. Something I also didn't say about The Undertaker is that he also made Mankind because Mick Foley had came into WWE just because of The Undertaker, just to attack The Undertaker. And Mankind stayed and became one of the greatest characters of all time. Also came. Reverse back to John Cena, where it's like Kevin Owens was the NXT champion. At that time, a lot of people probably didn't know a lot about NXT. So for Kevin Owens to come up to the main roster in his first match ever, beats John Cena at Elimination Chamber. Come on, bro. Like, you gotta... Did he fuck up with the Bray Wyatt shit? Did he fuck up with the, the Nexus shit? Yes, I would easily say yeah. But the but the Nexus still got. But here's the thing about the Nexus. Out of all of those people, who was gonna be the success? Daniel Bryan is the only one that is successful out of out of the Nexus, and he got kicked out of the Nexus. Just a second. Think about that shit for a second. He got kicked out of the Nexus. Like he got kicked out of it. He did one attack with them the first the first show, the first time they got together, and then he got kicked out the Nexus. Wade Barrett? Well, Wade Barrett had a pretty great run for a good bit of time, and then he faded. But the rest of them, I guess Skip, which a lot of people don't remember who Skip is, Skip was Ryback. He was Skip Shepard, I think, on NXT, on Nexus, with the Nexus. And then he came back, and he was Ryback. But everybody else, Darren Young, David Atunga, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Michael Tolver. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm saying with this? People that say that, that he ruined the, NX, the Nexus, it's like three people really only got hot after the Nexus. One is still wrestling, by the way. <laughs> One is still wrestling. So why the fuck we always sit here and say he ruined the Nexus? Like the motherfuckers was going to go off and have a great fucking run. No, the fuck they weren't. They were built to push one man, Wade Barrett. And that was fucking it. And guess what? He still got fucking pushed. So what the fuck do y'all talk about when y'all say he fucked over the Nexus? Please tell me, because what the fuck was the Nexus going to be if they knocked off John Cena? Because they were not going to be the Shield. So anybody that say John Cena fucked over this person, if you saw potential in you, he pushed you. He gave you the opportunity. CM Punk. Money in the bank. T-Punk literally did leave the company, but he took the title from him. Why? It made sense. Daniel Bryan. Cena was hurt, but it made sense to give the belt to Daniel Bryan because he was actually a workhorse. It made sense. 
Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. Like, the first real robbery AJ Styles had when, no, can't say that. Because his first real robbery was Roman, Chris Jericho. It didn't Roman. But his the, what made him in the WWE was beating John Cena. So when people say John Cena ruined some people's careers, get the fuck out of here with that shit. The man's run as champion, was it long? Was it over overdue sometimes that he should have lost? Yeah, I can give you that. But I even will say the 2004 John Cena, before he became uber successful, the doctor of thugonomics, <laughs> That John Cena is the GOAT. One of the greatest to ever do it. When he was the U.S. champion, you couldn't tell me that man wasn't one of my favorite wrestlers. And then when he became champion at WrestleMania 21, that pop he got when he got drafted to Raw, that was a reason for that. The pop he got at the Royal Rumble in 08. That was a reason for that. The pop he gets now when he does show the fuck up. There's a reason for that. The man has put the work in. You could boo him. You could say he sucked and all that bullshit. But let's be 100% real. How many wrestlers right now do you actually remember that held down a fucking company for 10 fucking years and you did not get bored of the shit? There were certain wrestlers that got bored of, but when John Cena was the guy, you never got really bored of it. As soon as he started fading off, that's when wrestling kind of got like a little stale. And that's the thing. Just saying. You can hate it, but he's a fucking goat. You can get mad at it all you fucking want. Speaking of goats, coming in at number three on this list, the Heartbreak Kid. Shawn Michaels. It's hard not to put Shawn on this list. It's fucking damn near impossible to not have Shawn Michaels on this list. I can literally count all of the matches this man has literally made happen. The ladder match with him and the late great Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. The first ever Iron Man match with him and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. The fact that this man won is the first, I think he is the first, back-to-back Royal Rumble winner. Countless of matches. Hell in a Cell, his, the first ever Hell in a Cell match with him and Undertaker. Come on. The man got his ass whooped the entire the entire match got his ass whooped, man. Come on. The fact that Shawn Michaels came back from a back injury and was seemingly better than he was when he was in the 90s, when he had all that mobility. His match against Triple H, like I said earlier, in 2002 at SummerSlam, one of the most iconic matches. His match with Triple H at Royal Rumble in 04. Fuck yeah. Give me that match again. That shit was a classic. The match they had um, at Bad Blood in the Hell in a Cell. Come on. This man's also made countless stars. Him and Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. You don't remember that match? Go watch it. It's one of the best matches. Um, What's another match, man? What's another match he's had? Oh, shit. Like I said, WrestleMania 25 with him and Taker. It's one of the greatest matches of all time. Like, it's not even debatable. Um, him and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. Bro. Him and John Cena at WrestleMania 23. Bro. Him and John Cena at... Him, him and John Cena at, at WrestleMania 20. You know, him and John Cena with the hour-long match in the UK. I could watch that match and not get bored. Shawn Michaels is one of those guys, man. Him and Edge and Rory Rumble in 05. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest ever do it, man. I don't think anybody really gives that man his proper respect. I think we said, but we don't really truly understand how great Shawn Michaels was and continuously shown in the ring every fucking night. The man performed. The man was one of those guys. The first triple crown, the first Grand Slam champion ever in WWE history, and it made fucking sense. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Will always be one of the greatest to ever do it. You can get mad at it, but HBK is the best to ever fucking do it. He's number three on my list. There's two people that I think is just a little bit better. And number two, you can call him Perk Angle. You could call him Wrestling Machine. But he will always be the Olympic gold medalist. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is number two on this list. It's not even close. When I was, you know, going through this and watching a lot of matches, it was, it was really weird. It was so strange that Kurt Angle was in all of, all of my favorite matches. <laughs> Kurt Angle was in a lot of my favorite matches. A lot of my favorite matches. Like I said, him in 06 with, with, with The Undertaker and No Mercy. I had no way out. Him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21. Like, him and The Rock at, um, him and The Rock at, 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 it wasn't No Way Out. I forgot the damn pay-per-view. Him and The Rock, it might have been No Way Out. In 2001, before, uh, before The Rock won it, the beat, uh, the Rock beat him that night and took the title and went off to fight Stone Cold at WrestleMania 17. Him beating Triple H, Stone Cold, The Rock, Rikishi, and The Undertaker in an arm, the first ever Armageddon, and only Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. He won that shit. Won the match. Him and Shaman Man at King of the Ring in 2001. Um, him and Edge, their rivalry in early 2000s. Him and Eddie, their rivalry. Him and Ray at SummerSlam, their rivalry. Him and Chris Benoit. Yo, Curtis had so many fucking great rivalries. Him and John Cena. Him, yo, yo, him and Triple H. Like, every fucking person on this list is damn near had a rivalry with Kurt Angle at some point. That is how good this fucking man was. He is that fucking great. Kurt Angle is that fucking dude, man. I was, like I said, going back, watching these matches, and I'm realizing there's one common thread. Kurt fucking Angle. Like, it's just like this dude was incredible. One of my favorite matches, a lot of people might not remember it, was him versus uh, Stone Cold. It's right after September 11th. They fought at, uh, I think, Unforgiven in Pittsburgh. And he beat Stone Cold for the, World Heavy, for the WWE Championship. Their match was incredible, man. Like, Kurt had matches on matches on fucking matches on fucking matches. Like, he just, he fucking was the guy that come from amateur wrestling, you know, being a mat guy, pretty much. Having to, you know, learn angles and here's the thing and, and all that. And to go from that to having to be an entertainer in a wrestler. The man can make you laugh, but then he could really fucking snap your ankle. Like, it was <laughs> some of the greatest shit ever. The man is one of those guys. He was a comedian. He was an entertainer, but he's one of the best ever. When a bell rung, you could not fuck with him in the ring. Kurt Angle's one of the greatest to ever fucking do it. He's number two on my list. The man is one of the best. I wish, 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 wish he would have stayed in WWE for a little longer to have fought the other the up and coming talent that came in. But if you actually watched him in TNA, him and AJ Styles, him and him and um him and Sting, him and Samoa Joe. Oh my God, yo, him and Samoa Joe. My God, that fucking rivalry, bro. Fuck that show's good. Um. Yeah, yeah, man. Kurt, Kurt's one of those dudes, man. Kurt's one of those dudes, man. He's number two on my list. And then coming in at number one. Yes, I know this is crazy to say, but again, this is my top ten. I can't speak for everybody else. This is my top ten.
coming in at number one. He is a revolutionary. He is a visionary. He is Seth freaking Rollins. He is number one on my list. Seth Rollins is number one on my list. Now, a lot of people will sit here and say, this is kind of crazy for you to put Seth Rollins over all of these fucking greats. How the fuck is Seth number fucking one on your list? How is that possible? Easy. Because he's a fucking great. That's why he's number one on my list. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler right now in the fucking world. I know people will say it's Roman. I know a lot of people will say it's, it's, it's Kenny Omega. It's Adam Page. It's still Daniel Bryant. It's John Moxley. It's Chris Jericho. It's Kevin Owens. It's Sami Zayn. It's Gunta. It's, it's, it's Drew. It's, you can say them all. AJ Styles still, you can, you can say them all. You can say them all. You can say them all. But Seth's the fucking best wrestler in wrestling right now. The man from the moment he started wrestling has been paid to be the guy. And then he gets to WWE, and he's not the fucking guy. But yet, he still found a way to make it work for himself. Excuse me. Seth is better than Roman. It's not even close. I think people now like Roman because of the gimmick and everything. That's cool. Seth could whoop Roman's ass in a wrestling match. Seth beats Roman all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> you think I'm tripping. You think I'm lying. Like, go watch them fight each other. Like, go watch every match them two have actually had against each other. Seth beats him every fucking time. Seth is the best, man. Seth is the best. When they needed to pretty much bring in another wrestler like Cody Rhodes, who they went to? Seth Rollins. They had the best match at WrestleMania. That whole night. Him, Becky and Bianca, his wife, was like second. But out of the entire WrestleMania, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes had the best WrestleMania match. Seth deserved to be the World Heavyweight Champion. The new World Heavyweight Champion. I'm getting pissed off with people saying that he just needs to drop it now to one of the Judgment Day members. For fucking what reason? Because after they kind of run their course with that story, they're going to just be in no man's land with no one to fight. And set at least with the title, you know there's something he can create with that. When Set became the workhorse of WWE and after he came back from his injury and won the IC Championship, WrestleMania 34, which, by the way, is still one of the best triple threat matches between him, Finn, and The Miz. When he became the workhorse, he showed a different type of side of where a real wrestler could be. Him and Kevin Owens, when they had that little rivalry for the Universal Championship, when he, you know, Triple H came into the picture, like I said earlier with Triple H at WrestleMania 33, when him and Triple H fought in 2016. Seth is one of the best wrestlers, man. I don't know if people, why people don't want to give him that credit. And I get it. I was hating on Seth when, I, when he first, like, turned on The Shield. I'm not even going to lie. I was. But that's when you're a fan of The Shield, and then you're like, fuck. But it was the right decision. <laughs> it's the right decision. Even though they were trying to push Roman more, Seth at SummerSlam against John Cena. Classic match. Um... He's going to pretty much drop the title at Survivor Series to Roman anyway, but he got injured and it, it never materialized. Um, but when he came back and beat Roman at, at Money in the Bank, it made sense. Um, Seth is one of the best fucking wrestlers in the company and in the world. I don't think anybody – I get people that say I don't like the gimmick or I get people why they do this and say that, but there's nobody that you will ever want to see in a wrestling match more than Seth Rollins, man. Um, I can't wait to go see him July 31st, Monday Night Raw. Um, the man could go. And I, and I think a lot of people don't give him his proper respect, but he's like, this Arrow's macho man. They got their Hulk Hogan. So you just need somebody to just fill in that, that second slot. But when you give him the ball, watch what he does with it. 
And um, Seth's one of those guys, man. So, and my, and my number one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Seth Rollins. So, number one is Seth Rollins. Number two is Kurt Angle. Number three is Shawn Michaels. Number four is John Cena. Number five is The Undertaker. Number six is Randy Orton. Number seven is The Rock. Number eight is Edge. Number nine is Triple H. Number 10 is Chris Benoit. That is the recap of my top 10 wrestlers ever. <sighs> yeah. I know I missed some. I know names were not on here. Bret Hart, Stone Cold, all these other guys. I get it. But that's my top 10. <laughs> you can make your own top 10 and have everybody on that list. But this shit is harder than it looks. So good luck. <laughs> so good fucking luck. Um, yeah. Speaking of top 10s, I will be doing my top 10 favorite matches next. Oh, my God. I just made this shit way harder on myself. Yep. Just made this shit way harder on, my li- on myself. Like I said, rest of my life, SummerSlam, rating review show is coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. NXT, Great American Bash rating review show is also coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Till then, I am Brandon Janu. Peace.